Welcome to episode 10 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, the top five Boy Scout merit badge pamphlets for beginner backpackers. The Summit Gear Review will feature some rain gear that tangled with some blackberry vines. On the Backpack Hack of the Week, we'll show you how to make a soap tube. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, author and playwright, William Shakespeare. All this and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. Well, Josh, this is episode 10. Are you kind of starting to get in the groove here? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think we've worked out some bugs. I think the buggiest thing recently was a chair that I was sitting in that wouldn't stop squeaking. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, you've resorted to the camp stool now. (laughs) The camp stool. It actually doesn't squeak, and it puts me kind of right at the right height for seeing my notes and stuff. And it gets you in that backpacking mood, right? That's right, yeah. You know, before a backpacking trip, no matter what length it is, it's always a great idea to do a shakedown hike. Now, a shakedown hike is a trial run or a trial hike that you do before your big hike. And it's shorter in length. It gives you an opportunity to test your gear, test your pack weight and the distribution of the things in the pack, and also kind of get comfortable with how you want to cinch things down and where you want to put things. So Josh, I'm curious, have you ever learned something on a shakedown hike that saved you a big hassle on a backpacking trip? Yeah, and and sometimes you even learn it before the shakedown hike, just while you're getting stuff packed. A few weeks ago, we got ready for a shakedown hike with our kids for a family backpacking trip. And one of the things we noticed as we were kind of moving things around in their packs was that in the food bags that we had put together for each of the kids, I noticed some oil seeping around inside the bag. (laughs) And uh, so we figured it out. It was these peanut butter packets or peanut butter pouches that we had packed in there and they were not completely, I would say watertight. Seaworthy. They were not completely peanut butter tight. (laughs) And so uh, oil from the peanut butter was seeping out of those packets and going around the rest of, um, of the food. Luckily, all of the food was individually packaged inside of the large food bags, but we had to take everything out and uh, clean it up with uh, soap and water. And of course, we had to toss those packets of peanut butter. And on top of that, we had to find some uh, calories to replace the peanut butter that we tossed. Yeah, it was a mess. So I'm so glad that we discovered that before the trip instead of on the trip. You know, I had one recently. Pinterest has all sorts of really crazy ideas and some of them work, some of them don't. So this one, they recommended that you put your spices into little mint containers, those little Tic Tac mints that you can buy and they're rectangle and tiny and you can put the perfect amount of backpacking spices in there that you would use on the trail. Well, I decided to do that and I put some lemon powder in there that I thought would be really fun to add to my water bottle. As I was doing the shakedown hike, the Tic Tac container opened up and lemon powder got over everything. 
So uh, just because it's on Pinterest and just because it's been pinned thousands of times and everyone says it will make your life so much easier, make sure you give things a try before you go on your backpacking trip. And luckily with a shakedown hike, it means that you're coming home right away after the hike and you get to have the opportunity to clean up that mess that was created. Oh, and I did. Yeah, (laughs) it was all over everything. You also had an experience with shoes. You were getting ready for a a 40-mile hike and didn't have time to go break in a new pair of shoes. So you kind of had to go with what you had or find something that would work. Well, so so what I did was I really thought that trail shoes were what I needed for this long hike. So I went out and just got a used pair of trail shoes and was like, oh, I better buy them a size larger. And anyway, I ended up wearing them on this little shakedown hike that we did that was, I think it was about five or six miles and ended up with a huge blister. Now, I had never had a blister from doing a six mile hike before. So I was, well, I kind of thought the world was ending. I did not end up taking those trail shoes. I ended up taking my um, my running shoes instead, and those worked out great. We also had a little shakedown lesson when we took our family out on a shakedown hike. We decided to load up everyone with the amount of gear that they would be taking on the actual backpacking trip. And the only person that we didn't load up with a full amount of gear was our 10-year-old. We were still trying to gather stuff together and get stuff distributed to all the right kids. And we ended up not loading up his pack with a sleeping bag and probably some other stuff. And on the shakedown, he was fine. He was so happy and, you know, had a great time. When it came time to do our actual backpacking trip and we loaded him up with a 20-pound pack, uh, was there a word to describe that, Josh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was painful for us. (laughs) Uh, He claimed it was painful for him. Yeah, it was not what he expected. And I think expectation is a lot of, uh, has a lot to do with, how happy you are on the trail. If you know what to expect, you can uh, be happier on the trail. So it's important for that shakedown hike to try to match as closely as possible the actual gear that you will be packing. Well, a shakedown is also a good opportunity for you to do gear testing. Like if you've purchased new gear or if a friend is giving you some of their old gear, it gives you a chance to get comfortable with it. If you have a brand new water filter, Test it out before you go out or test it out on the shakedown so that you can know how to use it. You can make sure all the components are there and that you kind of, I guess, are comfortable with the setup. On your shakedown hike, you might even notice features in your gear that you hadn't recognized before because you have the time to sort of shift things around and try things out and explore your gear a little bit. Uh, without being on your actual backpacking trip where you have to be uh, cognizant of the, the mileage that you're covering and making sure you're, you're hitting those goals and getting to your campsite on time and all of that. With the shakedown hike, you have a lot more time to, to um, take off the pack, shift things around, experiment with your clothing layers and so on. And on one of our uh, shakedown hikes, we actually realized a feature of my puffy jacket that I had completely overlooked. <laughs> I have the Patagonia Nano Puff jacket. I neglected to notice that inside the jacket, there's a little zipper pouch. And if you open that up, you can stuff the entire jacket into that pouch. So it's a self-stuffing uh, jacket. And I just, I'd had the puffy for several months 
and had never noticed that little zipper in there before. <laughs> and we just happened to, it, it caught our eyes. I think, I think you noticed it while we were out on a, on a hike. Yeah, so you can find cool features that may not be advertised on the products that you buy. Before you go out on your backpacking trip, give stuff a trial run and don't just assume that it will work on the trail until you've tested it. And one other thing I'd like to mention, sometimes you may feel a little weird taking a shakedown hike because you're out there with a full pack and you might be in a location that's not a backpacking spot. Heather, you had a couple of those uh, sort of experiences. Uh, when you were getting ready for our 40 miler, I just sent you out a few miles out of town and said, hey, there's a dirt road out there. It goes up the hill, it comes back down. Go do that one. So you were out there in full backpacking gear, just hiking on the side of a dirt road. And you know, maybe it would feel a little weird having some cars drive by and wondering what you're doing out there. <laughs> it did feel weird. <laughs> yeah. And and then a few days later, you were out with Steve and Garth just hiking up a road in a small town next to us. It was just basically a street through town. Equally awkward. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's people driving by and, and walking their dogs, whatever else. Um, oh, what made it even more awkward was that they weren't wearing their packs. I was the only one wearing my pack. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that, that so. would be... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I did a shakedown when we took a family day hike to Silver Creek Falls State Park in Oregon. It's a, a very popular state park in the summertime, packed with people. And of course, they're all just running around with their day packs, if even that, just uh, visiting all the waterfalls in the park. Well, here I was with my full backpacking pack, stuffed full of gear, and I wore that thing the whole day while we were out um, exploring that state park. Yeah, you know, I probably looked out of place, but I needed that opportunity to do a shakedown. You know, get over it <laughs> and don't worry too much about looking out of place. Just pick anywhere and go do that shakedown. Yeah, it'll help you get to know your gear and help you feel more comfortable when you're actually on your backpacking trip. So next we have our top five Boy Scout merit badge pamphlets for backpackers. Now, you might know about the scouting movement. It started in 1910, and the Boy Scouts of America have a goal to train youth to be leaders, and it's usually through activities like hiking, backpacking, pioneering. The Scouts believe in the leave no trace principle, they believe in the buddy system, and they also believe in helping old ladies across the trail. Boy Scouts of America publish small books, they're called merit badge pamphlets, and they're about 80 to 100 pages of just basic, solid information on everything from core outdoor skills to career exploration. So the top five Boy Scout merit badge pamphlets to check out before your next backpacking adventure. Here we go. All right, what's number one? Number one is the hiking merit badge pamphlet. Now, this is the best one to start with. If you're city folk who just need to know how to find a trail, what to expect, and what to prepare for, this book will kind of give you a little bit of everything. It answers a lot of basic questions that will actually save you a lot of trial and error. And I think it would actually also save search and rescue teams a lot of time and resources if everyone just read 
this pamphlet. And if you wanted an extra challenge, in the front of the pamphlet are actually the merit badge requirements. So if you did want to take it a, just one step further, you could even do the requirements. Well, the number two merit badge pamphlet is no surprise. It's backpacking. The backpacking merit badge pamphlet has a lot of great information on planning your backpacking trip, choosing your clothing, your gear. For example, you can look through a section that discusses the various types of tents that you might decide to take on a backpacking trip. It goes through the principles of leave no trace, uh, covers backpacking food, just a great all-around uh, read to get ready for your backpacking trip. Yeah, and one of the things that they cover in this pamphlet is how to minimize risk. It seems like that's something that every backpacker thinks of all the time. We're always trying to figure out how to minimize risk and how to be safe and comfortable on the trail. So this is a good resource for just learning that basic backpacking principle. The number three Boy Scout Merit Badge pamphlet for backpackers is the Wilderness Survival Merit Badge pamphlet. Now this one goes a little bit deeper than backpacking in terms of skills, but much of the basic information is the same. However, in this one, you'll learn how to build a snow shelter, and it shows different kinds of snow shelters that you could build. It shows you how to do friction fires, which is a little, uh, it's somewhat of a learning curve. You'll also learn in that book how to signal for help using the ground to air visual signal code. There was one section that I thought was fascinating. It was how to survive in the water. So if your, if your plane goes down and you have to survive with your personal flotation device, your PFD, in the water, it'll, it'll show you how to, how to conserve energy, conserve heat, and, and survive. I think wilderness survival was one of my favorites when I was a scout. Uh, I remember when I was an older Boy Scout, we had a brand new Scoutmaster, and one of the first troop meetings that we had after he became Scoutmaster was one where I was teaching some things about wilderness survival to the younger scouts. So one of the things I was demonstrating was how to start a fire without matches. And he being uh, brand new at this, I think he envisioned in his mind someone sitting there with the bow and string <laughs> in the wood, you know, and you keep rubbing it till it gets hot, and that friction-based uh, method. And he walked away for a minute to go get something. And when he came back, the fire was already <laughs> going. <laughs> now, I was using flint and steel, and I had some cotton lint from the dryer, and I had some nice dry uh, tinder and kindling. I mean, I, I had it already. So with one spark, my fire was lit and going. <laughs> and he was rather surprised that he'd missed the whole thing when he came back. <laughs> um, I remember the outing that I had for the Wilderness Survival Merit Badge. And it was the kind of thing where you were supposed to take your 10 essentials and a sleeping bag, and then you head out into the woods for the night. So build your own shelter, uh, find a place to stick your sleeping bag, hope it doesn't rain, <laughs> and, uh, and enjoy the night. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that, but it was a lot of fun. The number four Boy Scout Merit Badge pamphlet for backpackers is the First Aid Merit Badge pamphlet. Now this is an excellent manual for most of the basic first aid situations that you'll encounter on the trail. It shows you how to approach a scene, how to deal with shock, how to create a first aid kit for individuals, and then how to create a first aid kit for groups. 
kind of deals with things like basic cuts, scrapes, burns, broken bones, bites, and it just kind of gets more traumatic from there. (laughs) (laughs) The first aid merit badge is generally speaking the first merit badge that Boy Scouts earn. And it's really a fundamental. And I was really grateful when I went on my first extended backpacking trip that the older scouts had learned first aid. Uh, I was just barely 12 years old, and this was my first long trip. Towards the end of the trip, there was one day where I started to hyperventilate. It's just where you start breathing really fast, and so the oxygen and carbon dioxide ratios get messed up. I was uh, really grateful that the quote-unquote older scouts, the ones who were 13 and 14 (laughs) years old, the ones that I really looked up to, they knew their stuff, they knew first aid, and they recognized that I was hyperventilating, and they knew how to treat it. And in just a matter of minutes, they had it all taken care of, and I was back to normal, and we continued on the hike. Wow, which one of them brought the paper bag? I don't remember, but that's one of the, that's part of the treatment. I've never heard that story. Yeah. (laughs) Seniors of marriage, and there are still stories I don't know. Well, there you go. Well, you'll also learn things in this little pamphlet about seizures, dental injuries, heart attack, anaphylactic shock. So some of the bigger things, but um, it's just a great resource and it weighs, you know, between four to six ounces, depending on... Depending on whether it's waterlogged. It weighs even less if you figure out a way to get it onto your device. That's right. (laughs) The last merit badge pamphlet for backpackers is the Orienteering Merit Badge pamphlet. This will actually take your backpacking adventure to the next level because it shows you how to use a compass, how to use a topographic map or a topo map, and it shows you how to use the two together. It'll show you how to judge distance on the ground, and there's even a section at the end about competitive orienteering. So this is the Christopher Columbus merit badge, the one that shows you how to get from point A to point B with using just a compass and a map. So what I love about these merit badge pamphlets is they have lots of images, lots of pictures, examples, checklists, call-out boxes, and even though they're designed for youth, they don't dumb down the information. And you'll have about one paragraph per topic. So it kind of gives you a a good overview of some of the basics, the core principles of whatever you're learning about. Now, if you're interested in making these reference books a part of your library, you have three options. You can purchase them at a local scout shop for about $5 each. You can also get them online at scoutstuff.org. The catch is that if your order is anywhere between $0 and $50, you're going to pay about $7 shipping. So for this $5 Merit Badge pamphlet, you're going to add $7 of shipping. If you buy a whole bunch at once, uh, that could be all right. But the other thing you can do at scoutstuff.org is use their store locator to see where the closest scout shop is. You can also check them out at your local library, which is what I did. Our library happened to have four out of the five that we recommended. Make sure that the pamphlet that you're getting at the library is up to date. And then another way to find these books is to search for the PDF online. When I searched, I was able to find the First Aid Merit Badge book online and some other ones, but um, I'm not sure how long they'll be up online because the BSA owns the copyright, and so I'm not sure if they're up legally, like if they're... You know, the BSA hasn't cracked down yet on these. But um, you could do a a search for the PDF online. 
Well, the nice thing about these books is that they're small enough to pack one with you for reference on the trail, and they weigh about four to six ounces depending on the book and depending on if they get waterlogged or not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if you were to pick one to take on the trail, which one would you want to take with you? I think the the best one for a backpacking trip really would be the backpacking merit badge. It's going to cover some of the information that may have been in the hiking merit badge. It's going to cover some of the things that would be in wilderness survival and first aid and even uh, orienteering. So if you're going to take one book on a backpacking trip, yeah, I think you'd be fairly well covered with that one. I was going to pick first aid, but after hearing your persuasive argument there, I I might just go with backpacking too. Well, first aid's a great one to have How about anywhere. You, you take the backpacking, I'll take the first aid, and we'll be covered. That should cover it. Today on the Summit Gear Review, we're actually revisiting the Frog Togs Ultralight 2 rain gear. We've had additional experiences on the trail that could be helpful to people who are looking to buy rain gear and wondering, you know, after the first wearing, then what? So it must be clear to people by now that we live in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) We are revisiting some rain gear that we reviewed. No secret. (laughs) It rains here. It's always a great idea, no matter where you live, to pack rain gear. But for us especially, we need good rain gear. Right. In some places, rain gear is one of those essentials that you keep in your pack just in case. And in the Pacific Northwest, in the wintertime, rain gear is a daily use piece of gear. You know it's going to be on you most of the time. So on our last backpacking trip as a family, on our first one actually, <laughs> we um, we outfitted all of the kids with Frog Togs Ultralight 2 rain gear. I chose not to get that rain gear and instead brought a poncho. On our last hike that we took, which was just a little day hike, a couple miles if that, I actually purchased the Frog Togs Ultralight 2 rain gear and tried it out. It truly is ultra light and completely waterproof and 100% breathable. So I couldn't have been happier with my choice. As an adult, I'm a little more gentle on things than kids are. So I had no issues with running through blackberry vines or, you know, using the sleeves to drag logs. I wasn't using it roughly. I just wore it like a normal human adult and (laughs) didn't get too crazy. So I didn't have any issues with rips or tears or anything. However, um, when we went out on our family's first backpacking trip, our kids did have issues with, with rips and tears, and we did some repair work when we got home. Here's how we started out. We laid out all of the gear and we got out our duct tape because remember I said duct tape is going to fix it all. It's going to make it all okay. Yeah. And it did. So we tried the first set of rain gear and we put duct tape all over the little, the holes and rips and it looked a little bit ghetto. <laughs> it didn't match. Right. It was this bright yellow rain gear with gray duct tape all over in really odd places. So we decided that we would actually try something different. And we put the, the duct tape inside of the rain gear on the holes, and then we patched the outside with clear packing tape. And that was the perfect solution. It patched the hole really nicely and made it so it didn't look so... <laughs> it didn't look <laughs> ghetto. so ghetto. <laughs> um, and... And the ones that we patched up that way uh, were great. They, they looked great and they held up. So after we wore these for the first time, 
not only were they wet, but they were muddy. So we actually ran them through the washing machine, which we weren't really quite sure if we could do, but they ended up washing up really nicely. They were durable enough that they made it through the spin cycle. And then we tossed them in a a dryer that was set on low heat. We actually made the mistake of putting it in on high heat and melted part of one. So (laughs) learn from our mistakes. Put it on a low temperature setting. This rain gear isn't bulletproof. But it is waterproof. And if you can keep the rips and tears at bay and if you can kind of patch them as you go, I think it's really great gear. It's inexpensive, it's easy to repair, and it is 100% waterproof and completely breathable. What it lacks in durability, it more than makes up for in repairability. So depending on whether this is being worn by an adult or a child, you know, your mileage may vary with with the Frog Togs rain gear. But I know I'm going to treat mine very nicely. I will not tango with the blackberry vines and I won't use my sleeves as gloves, so. And we're pretty much guaranteed that the children will do all of those things. Well, maybe you're a backpacker on a budget or maybe you're just a do-it-yourself geek. I'm a little bit of both and I love to save money and use my creativity to make something useful. Today's backpack hack of the week is a soap tube. Soap is actually a really important thing to bring on the trail because it kills germs. You can use it to wash your laundry. You can use it to wash your dishes. It cleans out wounds and it just feels great when you wash your grimy hands at the end of the day. But the trouble with soap is that it's always a mess. It gets everything else wet and messy and the plastic bag that you put it in gets all roughed up and gross and things get stuck to your soap that you might not want stuck on your soap. (laughs) So here's a simple solution to bringing soap on the trail. What you're going to need is a bar of unscented glycerin soap. Now the bar that I found was on Amazon and it's called Clearly Natural and you can get a four ounce bar of soap for four dollars. The craft store also sells large blocks of glycerin soap but it will be a lot more than you need. You can also buy glycerin soap just at the grocery store, but that's gonna be scented, and you really wanna get unscented glycerin soap to decrease the risk of animals coming and chewing up your pack looking for that delicious scented soap. So you buy a tube of lip balm, and you just remove the whole stick of the cheap lip balm, which I just picked up mine at the dollar store. Then you take a little chunk of your glycerin soap and you want to put that into a Pyrex and put it in the microwave. And for 15 seconds at a time, you want to heat it up, check it every 15 seconds, give it a little stir, put it in for 15 seconds, check it again. And as soon as it's completely liquefied, you want to pour that melted glycerin soap into your tube and let it completely cool and harden. And once you've done that, you have a tube of soap that you can use on the trail and it won't get messy, it won't get the stuff in your pack messy, and you'll be clean on the trail. So to recap, you get a four ounce bar of unscented glycerin soap, the solid stuff. You get a cheap tube of lip balm and remove the lip balm from the tube. Then carefully and gradually melt a little bit of your glycerin soap in the microwave pour it into the lip balm tube, and then just let it solidify. And you'll have plenty of soap left over to do this for all of your backpacking and hiking friends. 
So what I want to know is, can you still use it as lip balm? That's disgusting. <laughs> um. So I might add one more step to your recipe here, which is to remove the, the, the wrapper, the label from the lip balm container and maybe uh, take a, a Sharpie and say, soap. Thank you, Mr. Legler. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, before we wrap up our show today, uh, last week I mentioned that you would be heading to the outdoor retailer Winter Market in Salt Lake City. Well, today's the day, and I know you're really excited to uh, check it out. Basically, the outdoor retailer Winter Market is an opportunity for manufacturers and retailers of outdoor gear to come together. And the manufacturers show off the latest research, the up-and-coming products, the retailers sign up to, uh, to distribute and sell them. And uh, you'll be going along to just check out the scene. That's right. I'll be going as working media. And I'm basically going just to check out the trends in hiking and backpacking, different technology and gear that may not be fully available to the public yet, demonstrations. They're going to have education. They'll have events. And I'll just kind of sift through and find the best things that will be relevant to um, hikers and backpackers. Great. Well, have a great trip. And it's going to be fun to highlight some of the things that you learn on future episodes. Oh, for sure. Well, we'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, a famous author and playwright, William Shakespeare. He wrote, I like this place and could willingly waste my time in it. That's how I feel about being in the outdoors. That last part was your little uh, commentary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was me. <laughs> this was episode 10 of the first 40 miles, so it's a bit of a milestone for us. And it's really important to us that as many people as possible who are interested in learning how to go backpacking have the opportunity to listen to this podcast and, and to get excited about backpacking. And that's where we need your help. Uh, if you liked what you've heard, please help us out with some Facebook likes and some iTunes reviews. And we promise to keep more good stuff coming. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on the first 40 miles. 